Welcome to the Pilot Wife Holiday Survival Series. This is show number four, and it's all about how to be the holiday party starter, even if you're an introvert. Now, if you know me, if you've listened to the show, you've probably guessed I'm not an introvert. Well, that's not entirely true. I'm actually an introverted extrovert, but that's a whole nother conversation. But what I want to encourage you to do is don't be afraid to be the holiday party starter. This is a powerful step that can set you up for years of holiday happiness. And I'm going to share my own story of this so you understand how. Wheels up, we're airborne. Welcome to the Pilot Wife and Aviation Podcast. I'm Jackie Almer, an aviation professional and pilot wife for over 30 years, and I'm your co-captain. I have some free resources to help you live your best aviation and high-achieving life at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Buckle up, stow your bags, and let's unpack the high-altitude life. So I still remember my first really sad holiday where I had to reach out and reach up and reach deep within myself to find ways to fill my time. And it was eight years into my aviation journey. It's not that I had everything that I wanted for all of the eight years prior to that, but I was in my 20s and I was single to begin with. I had lots of friends. I had the exciting adventure of aviation and free travel and, you know, a whole group of friends who could do all these fun things with me. So I was single for the first five years and I was with my pilot after the first three. So two of those five years, I was uh, not married, but I was um, coupled up. We'll call it that. Now, I love lots of celebrations, so I learned a long time ago to stretch every holiday, even my birthday, into a full month. So I spent time with my family of origin originally when I could, and certainly my aviation family as well, and then I I really learned to build and look forward to those big group gatherings. So the first couple of years in aviation, I lived near my parents, so I spent most holidays there. But uh, three years in, I think I had moved from New Mexico to Nashville. I had moved across the country with the airlines. And that first year, I actually started dating my husband, my pilot on December 10th. Actually, I still remember the date um, of 1986. So how about that? Anyway, uh, all that to say, we started dating, but it was December 10th and he already had plans to go home to his family. And I had plans to go home to my family. But then from then on out, uh, 87 on, we spent every holiday together, at least every holiday that he was home and he was home those first two 87 and 88. Uh, and then early 89, we moved to Phoenix and that changed and started a whole new adventure. And that was shortly after we got married, but Let's focus on year eight. In year eight, I was a new mom, home with a three-month-old, and I had no close family near. And of course, that particular year, my pilot was flying. And I was struggling a little bit to find my wings, if you will, as a new mom in not a new town. I had lived there for three years, almost three years. Uh, 
but with no family near and trying to figure out new holiday traditions. Before that, I was able to travel with him if he was flying. And he also was fairly senior during those first couple of years in Phoenix. Uh, And so he was home or we figured out a way to be home or figured out a way. I, I worked for the airline then too. We just, we figured it out and it was, I don't ever remember it being sad, depressing or anything. It was great. Just is what it was. But that particular year I was alone and trying to fill my time. Oddly, as fate would have it, his trip brought him through Phoenix. He was based in Los Angeles, but we lived in Phoenix still. And his trip brought him through Phoenix on Christmas Eve, December 24th, for about a two-hour layover there. Now, this was pre-9-11, so we were able to actually, I'm trying to think, was there security? Yes, there was, but anybody could go through. It's so long ago, I can't hardly remember, but we were able to meet him. So I wandered into the mall that day. And it's kind of funny because I'm not a mall person at all. And I'm not a shopper, but I literally was just trying to kill time. And I'm um, wandering through the stores. And I remember being in Macy's and seeing all the Christmas ties, holiday Christmas ties. And I bought a tie for him for a Christmas gift. And that was the tie that he wore for years with his uniform during the holidays. And I always loved that. And it's funny, I still have the tie. I mean, it was practically threadbare by the time he got a new tie. Um, But I still have it because it's just really special because it always reminds me of that first Christmas with my son and just the way that whole thing played out. So I also realized there were Santa pictures, something that just had always escaped me. So I took my son's very first Santa photo Santa Claus photo there at the mall and put it in a little frame and met my husband there at the airport in Phoenix, showed him the photo, took pictures of the two of them together in the cockpit there with my, sorry, it's the flight deck now. I'm dating myself. Um, But a photo of him holding our son there in the flight deck in uniform and everything. And that's still one of my favorite photos. But that truly started an annual Christmas Eve tradition for my family. And that was doing Santa Claus pictures. And it purely happened by coincidence. But every year from then on out until kids moved on and weren't always with us, that's what we did for our Christmas Eve tradition. So that particular year, I had been invited to a neighbor's for um, Christmas dinner. It was an afternoon kind of dinner. And it was kind of interesting because I wasn't particularly close to these neighbors They were more neighbors than friends, but they had a daughter who was just a couple months older than my son. So they were in the new parenting stage too. And I I went and was very grateful for a place to go, but it was kind of one of those things where it was a little awkward and not the most celebratory, not by any means what I was used to. But what that did for me was that was the year that I decided to do things differently for the future. I decided, okay, I'm not having another one of these type of holidays. I'm going to make the most for the future. Now, I will tell you, I don't remember the next couple of years specifically. I mean, my son is 30 years old now, so that tells you a little bit. But by then, I was busy with a playgroup. I had a lot of mom friends, bunko gal pals, and we did a lot of fun stuff with the kids all through... um, the Christmas season, we would go to zoo lights. We would do all the things that I referenced. We did a lot of fun activities with the kids. And I do recall my husband being home some then, not every single time, but I can tell looking back at photos 
that he was off for some of some of those occasions. But because I had so many good friends by then and friends of my kids, um, I had no no shortage of invitations of places to go for the actual Christmas holiday. But about four years in, I decided to throw my first Christmas Day potluck for my neighbors and other friends. I do specifically remember that my husband was not off that particular year. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to reach out and invite people. So I hand-delivered invitations because there was no digital invitations. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the internet. Uh, we didn't have Evite or any of that stuff that we rely on today. So I handled, I printed up on my computer. Um, I don't know, maybe I even wrote them out. I don't remember, but I hand-delivered invitations and I lived in a cul-de-sac of 13 houses and more than half my neighbors RSVP'd and came. And that truly launched our annual tradition. So like I say, that first step that you take can really launch you into a fabulous holiday season for years. We had Mexican fiestas. We had traditional dinners. We invited stragglers, regulars. Um, and I typically was, I, not typically, I was the one who hosted it every single year. It became the thing that the Christmas Day celebration was held at our house. And sometimes my husband was home, sometimes not. We several years had jumping castles. It was super easy to book a jumping castle. They would bring it and set it up on Christmas Eve and not come pick it up till the day after Christmas. And they charged us for one day rental. They were thrilled. We were thrilled. And the kids had a ball, rollerblades, skateboards, fire pits in the cul-de-sac, um, you name it, we did it. And those are such fun memories that I have, my neighbors have, their kids have, and certainly my children have. And then shortly after 9-11, in fact, 2002, we moved to California so that my husband no longer had to commute. If you were part of aviation back then, you know that uh, jump seating was not really a thing then. The cockpit was closed off to, sorry, flight deck was closed off to other airlines. You could only fly on your own airline. You could still sit in a seat in the back, but there had to be a seat open. And that was creating havoc. So we moved to California, but we didn't live near the LA hub. We lived in the other LA, as I call it, Lake Arrowhead. But it was about a 90-minute to two-hour drive down to Los Angeles. So we didn't travel with him a lot. We didn't do a lot of festivities. And I didn't have a lot of pilot wife friends that were our specific airline base near us. But, uh, you know, through your kids, your kids can always introduce you to other people. But we found other friends, other what I consider my extended family, other aviation families, and certainly our neighbors living in a small town like Lake Arrowhead. Not everybody traveled all the time for the holidays. And Again, I picked up that same tradition. I hosted Christmas Day dinner almost every year for 15 years. Sometimes we went to somebody else's house, but for the most part, I hosted. And those were truly golden years in my mind because my husband was senior enough to hold just about every holiday during that time frame. Now, before you start thinking, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. Wow, that sounds great. How did that happen? I want to remind you that was the same time of the lost decade, as you may have heard. And it probably was more than just a decade, which meant that he was senior in his position, but he was going nowhere fast in terms of seniority, airplane movement, upgrades, all of that. But looking back, it was a true gift. 
Yes, there were frustrating times about it, but ultimately it was a true gift to my children, to our family time, and created so much less stress for me and the family in terms of him being gone. And again, we didn't travel a whole lot with him during the holidays. There are a lot of families that do. I'm not one that has a lot of experience with that because it was kind of crazy, crazy uh, flights were so full. It was a long way, you know, it, it wasn't an easy airport to get in and out of, et cetera. There were a lot of reasons why we didn't. And because we had built this extended family of friends and fun times, my children never really felt like they were shortchanged. Today with Facebook groups, pilot wife communities, just put a post out there going to encourage you, don't be afraid to put a post out there and just ask, be the one that's the icebreaker. Cause I promise you, if you're feeling lonely and disoriented and wondering how to fill your holidays and have a great time, you are not alone. There are others out there feeling the same way. And as I mentioned, just taking that step and sending out that invitation to my neighbors and wondering, will anybody even come? Will they think I'm crazy having a party with, you know, a friend on Christmas day. No, that launched a million other fun parties and friendships and some truly great times. Once I moved back to Scottsdale, I kind of did the same thing. Uh, the first couple of years here, my husband flew a lot of holidays because it allowed him, he was commuting still back from Phoenix to LA. It allowed him to hold a better schedule. And I always said at that point, our children were grown and pretty much out of the house. My daughter was still home a lot, but my my son in the military was gone. And I said, hey, you know, have, have a great schedule the rest of the month. Don't worry about the holiday. I met one of my neighbors at the mailbox shortly before Easter, and she invited me to Easter. And I've never spent a holiday alone since that time. Now I host an annual Christmas Eve open house for all my neighbors. And again, any stragglers, my family who wants to come, anyone is welcome and open to that. And we've had some of the best times ever on those Christmas Eve celebrations. I do it after people can go to church, mid, not midnight mass. If they want to go to true midnight mass, they leave my house and do that. But I usually have it six to nine and it extends way into that. And we just have had so many great times. So never be shy to mention to people that you're alone. When I met my uh, neighbor at the mailbox, it wasn't that particular day, but it was shortly after that. Um, I dropped into the conversation that I was going to be alone at Easter. And I don't know, maybe I was hinting a little bit and she picked up on it, invited me to Easter. And I've been having Easter and other fun times with them ever since. And again, sometimes the pilot was home, sometimes he wasn't, but I learned not to make it matter. I learned to hold on to the reason for the season, whatever that is, to create a self-image for myself of having a great time, no matter what, and extending that celebration either before or after the actual day of the event in case he wasn't home. So what other ideas do you have please share them with me. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, go back and listen to the rest of the series. And next up, I'm going to talk about celebrating the season and the reason and not just the day. And I know that probably sounds a little cliche, but I promise you it really works. Do you ever find yourself on the struggle bus with relationships, career, or life in general? 
I'm a mindset and peak performance coach, helping women rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose, avoid turbulence, and put their own oxygen mask on first. Together, we work to get you out of autopilot and create a better flight plan for life and relationship success. As a pilot wife for over 30 years, I've navigated thousands of miles and moments in aviation, mommyhood, business, and life in general. I would love to offer you a free call to see if I might be able to help you too. You can go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And of course, you'll find all of this at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Please take a moment to review and rate the show on whatever your favorite podcast app is. This helps the show get found by others who need what we have here. And you might win some fun swag for your troubles. I'll see you on the journey and thanks for listening.